It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it through a weekend. Hope you had a great weekend. Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. Happy Halloween. My grandson, I don't even know what he's dressing up as yet. I sent my daughter a text this morning. Hey, what's Owen going uh, trick-or-treating as? I haven't gotten a response. Grandma went and got all the candy. I don't do the candy. I'll sit in my basement with the lights all off watching football and basketball. And uh, she'll be upstairs entertaining the throng of youths that come by for Halloween candy. Monday, October 31st. Hope you had a great weekend. Um, Kentucky and Louisville are both 5-3. and three. Who saw that coming? Who saw that coming? And all of a sudden, Louisville fan is excited again, at least for football. Basketball, not so much. Louisville loses their basketball exhibition to Lenore Ryan yesterday. I didn't go. I saw no reason to show up for that. I'm glad I didn't go. Kentucky wins their exhibition game against let me make sure I get this right. Missouri Western State. Didn't know that was a thing. But it was unimpressive, not fun to watch, at least the part you got to watch. Kentucky fan up in arms last night. I know you're on edge. You just lost to Tennessee in football 44-6. to Things are not going well. Well, let's settle in and watch some, some basketball. Let's watch some hoops. And you turn on the SEC network and you got women's Soccer in overtime. Yikes. It's Missouri Western State. Take a beat here, Big Blue Nation. It's not an important game to watch. Oscar's not playing. It doesn't mean anything if you win. If you lose, it means something. Ask Kenny Payne. Ask Louisville fan. Louisville fan right now is a football fan. Kentucky fan right now is a basketball fan. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 384-1450, 384-1450 to join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line open as well. You can get your text into the show at 502-414-1450. That's 414-1450. Uh, Six-pack went 2-4 and four this weekend. Not good. Ohio State. They have a run in the fourth quarter. They get the cover, and then they give up an uneventful, unnecessary, nobody cared about it, Penn State touchdown late in the game. Well, I don't want to say nobody cared about it because those of us who had a little green on the game cared about it. That was one of my losses. And then the Bills last night, they look like they're driving. They're they're in field goal range, chip shot. And Josh Allen, the greatest quarterback since Tom Brady, At least that's what a lot of people think. Through an interception near the goal line. 27-17, 10-point loss. I think I was giving 11 there. So they were close, but close only counts. Well, it doesn't count in gambling. Close does not count in gambling. So 2-4, and thank you UCLA late on Saturday night, and thank you Tennessee Titans yesterday for getting me my two wins. World Series Game 3 is tonight. Philadelphia and Houston, they go to Houston, uh, or they go to Philly tonight. Here's what's interesting. They're just ironic. Weird. 
on this Halloween. Philadelphia and Houston are playing the World Series. Do you know what Thursday night football is this week on a World Series off day? Philadelphia at Houston. I know. It's just bizarre. Phillies Astros tied at a game apiece. They'll go back at it tonight. Game one, Friday night, Houston had a 5-0 lead and blew it. 5-0 after two innings. The last two managers in World Series games to lose a five-run lead, Dusty Baker, of course, on Friday night with the Houston Astros. Phillies won that game 6-5 to in 10 innings. And the other one, 2002, Dusty Baker of the San Francisco Giants lost a five-run lead against the then-Anaheim Angels. Dusty, I want him to win. I don't want Houston to win, but I want Dusty Baker to win. So if one of those things happens, then the other happens as well. I'm not pulling for Houston. I don't. Every time Altuve comes to to the plate, I hope he makes an out. I wonder if there's a wire under his jersey. I'm listening for garbage cans in Houston being banged around. And now you got Framber Valdez, who pitched Sunday's game, pitched great, rubbing his hand. Rubbing underneath the inside of his glove, and it's all over the new Elon Musk Twitter, right? It's all over Twitter. Hey, they they don't cheat anymore. Look at this. He says, "Look, I did it, so they think I'm cheating. I want it in their head. I got nothing. It's something I do all the time. There's nothing on my hand. There's nothing in my glove." He switched cleats. He switched gloves in the middle of the game. Well, actually, after the first inning. So every time Altuve comes up, every time Bregman comes up, every time Kyle Tucker comes up, I think, yeah, these are the guys that cheated. I don't want them to win. And then they show Dusty Baker, and I'm, man, I'd really like to see Dusty Baker win a World Series. He, he deserves, as a manager, to win a World Series. JT Realmuto, the Phillies, with a home run in the 10th inning on Friday night to get the victory over Houston off of Louis Garcia. Justin Verlander started that game, allowed – he was up 5 nothing. If you give me Justin Verlander in a 5 nothing lead, I'm going to bed, right? But he gave up five earned runs and five innings pitched. Philadelphia's bullpen was great. Houston comes back, wins game two on Saturday night, 5-2. to two. They had a 5 nothing lead again, didn't blow it this time. Uh, Bregman, a two-run homer, three-run first inning. Valdez, again, pitched great. Six and a third innings, one earned run. Zach Wheeler did not pitch well for the Phillies. Five uh, runs, four earned in five innings. Tonight, Christian Javier and Ranger Suarez, a couple of great names in baseball, 50% chance of rain. If you're Major League Baseball and Fox, do you want to rain out tonight? Because you're going against Monday Night Football. Bengals-Browns. Normally, World Series, you don't go against Monday Night Football. But you have an option now. You either go against Sunday Night Football or you go against Monday Night Football. You either go against the NFL on Sunday or Monday. And Major League Baseball has decided we're not going to battle Sunday. We'll just take our lumps on Monday evening. Don't anticipate a lot of viewers tonight. There will be more on Tuesday. There will be more on Wednesday. Most people, especially gamblers, want to watch Monday Night Football. Doesn't matter who's playing. 
Let's go to the Eminem Cartage Hotline, bring in Buzz Frank. Buzz, how are you on this Monday morning? I'm doing pretty well, John. I think I've recovered. Well, that's good. It's good to hear. Yeah. It was, it was a tough Friday night. Mail 14, um, manual know, 3, right? Yep. And uh, Daniel Sweeney came back in a big way, and I think that helped spark the Bulldogs. And they look like the team we expected them to be at yeah. the beginning of the season. They got Max Ganey back, too. He was injured early in the year. He didn't play mm-hmm. uh, when St. X beat them. So they're, they're at full throttle, and it's the right time to be healthy. And I, I, their defense has played pretty well all year and they were they yep. were stout again Friday night. I thought Manuel played a pretty good game, but uh turnovers kill you when you're playing a good team and nobody knows that more than you and I both and uh it certainly turned out to be that way on Friday night. And so I feel like uh, the the good six A local teams, Saint X, Manuel, Mail, throw in Ballard, throw in Trinity, I think they all have the same Format here. They all have really good defenses, and the offenses, mm-hmm. look, just don't turn the ball over. Get get as many yeah, yards I as you can. Let's right. play the field position game. Let's let special teams have to play well. Let the defense do its thing and put the offense in good position to score the football. And I think all five of these teams are in the same boat here. Oh, I think you're right, and it's, it's going to come down to who makes the plays, particularly on defense on a given night to, like you said, set up their offense, and then the offense has yeah. to cash in when they get the opportunity. I love playoff football, but, boy, I hate playoff round one. I hate round one <laughs> because it, there's a reason we call it running clock playoff round one. Everywhere, in the, and not just yeah. in Louisville, in the state of Kentucky, you are going to see a whole lot of 70-something to nothing scores this weekend. And I, I know, agree. It's just not fun. It's just not fun, and it's not fair to these these schools. No, there there are so many teams that, for one reason or another, get into the playoffs and then wind up being overmatched against a really top team. And like you said, yeah. it runs through all of the classes, but particularly in six A. And and then you wind up now for after the first week, the games get very they get really good. Yeah. But this first, you just got to get through this first week, uh, and if you're one of the good teams, you just don't want to get anybody hurt. And it's a, it's a, it's a fine line game of how long do I play my starters? Right, and and that comes into account for a couple of reasons. One, you don't want you don't want to get them kind of fat and lazy, and and yeah. tell them a quarter to where they're not in shape when they need to play all four quarters the following week. Yeah, ask the Dodgers. But like you said, you don't want to get them hurt. Ask the Dodgers about getting fat and happy, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, exactly. When you win 111 games, but you know what? You coast when everybody else is is already playing playoff baseball, and then you get to a game you have to win, and you're like, oh my gosh, we haven't had this pressure yet this season. The other teams already had that pressure. So it's and, a, you know, it's the we same see kind that of a thing. lot in the NFL, too, John. Sure. When you get into the playoffs and the team gets a first-round bat. Look at the Bengals last year. Play the game. Yeah. Bengals had playoff games from week 16 on. They were trying to get in the playoffs. Then they got in. They had one home game against the Raiders that they probably should have lost. Then you go on the road. I mean, every week leading into the playoffs, the last couple of weeks were playoff games for those guys, so they were playoff ready, and we see it. And just about every sport, really. You'll see it in the NBA every later sport. in the year, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Now, how ironic is it that the NFL decided to schedule two teams that have orange as one of their dominant colors on Halloween night? That's on purpose. That one's on purpose. Now I think I, I think it's very That'd weird be. that the Eagles and uh, and the Texans are playing Thursday night while the Phillies and Astros are in the middle of the World Series. I think that's kind of bizarre. Yeah, but they didn't know about that. No, time. they didn't. I don't think did they? It, are, should both teams wear orange tonight? I don't think they can by rule, but I think they should. Well, one team could wear orange jerseys and white pants, and the other one could wear <laughs> white pants with I mean, white jerseys with orange pants. Oh, gosh. Any chance the Bengals are <laughs> overlooking the Browns tonight? I don't think so because it is the Battle of Ohio, and you've got Joe Burrow coming in 0-3 against the Browns. And, he, and uh, He's from northern Ohio. Yeah. So, I mean, he grew up near Cleveland, not near Cincinnati. So I think it means a lot oh, more. Really? I thought he was down close no, to no, no. Cincinnati. No, 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 no. He grew up uh, up above Dayton. So um, you okay. know, he's he's he grew up Browns fan, and uh, so he'll be taking it seriously. I think they will miss Jamar Chase, but boy, that's a talented offense they got. Oh yeah, I mean they really kind of reinvented what the NFL is looking at by investing so much in wide receivers in those drafts. Yeah, and then showcasing what they could do, getting all the way to the Super Bowl with guys that just were running past people. And they addressed in the off season their big flaw, which is offensive line. In the last couple of weeks, it seems to have come together. Um, you know, I I didn't think the Bengals were going to be as good as la- get as far as last year because I said, you know, sometimes you just have your year, and I think they had their year. Every close play went their way last year, especially in the postseason. Uh, but uh, but they're better this year than they were last year. Doesn't mean they'll make it to the Super Bowl again. But they're better this year than they were last year. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes it just seems like everything goes your way, and uh, you have to take advantage of it. And, and they certainly did all the way up to the Super Bowl. And maybe and, it'll uh, go your way. Are endless. Maybe it'll go your way for the Manual Crimson's. You see how I bring it all back around. <laughs> Hey, that—that's my hope. I—I I just like to see it. And I mean, you get Fern Creek, right? You get Fern Creek Friday night, yep. and then probably go to Mount Washington to play Bullet East the following week, right? Right. Which, of course, we know Bullet East beat Mail yep. a couple weeks ago, but I don't believe they beat the same Mail team that I saw on Friday night. And uh, and of course, the the passing game has been somewhat Manuel's Achilles' heel, and that's what Bullet East does really yeah, well. They do. You mentioned the the six A local teams, and Bullet East is probably the the abnormality of that group because they throw the ball really well. And uh, I, I'd say their defense is good, but I don't think their defense is up with the other five teams you mentioned. Buzz, thank you, man. Hey, look, lick your wing, lick your wounds. Everything will be fine. All right. But, hey, you know what, I, I, I've learned, it, and it's one of those things that uh, I, I look back at my dad. He went to 72 consecutive male manual games, and I know he saw male win more games than manual did, but he showed up every year and supported the team, and, and uh, I learned something from him is I'm supporting my team no matter what. There you go. Thank you, buddy. Good to hear from you. See you, John. Yes, sir. Buzz Frank. Yeah, I thought manual would beat male. St. X, by the way, plays Southern Thursday. Programming note here, we'll be on uh, WFIA 94.7 FM on Thursday. Now, Indiana basketball has a scrimmage against St. Francis. They'll be right here on the Big X. If you're looking for St. X, 
and Southern on Thursday night. Um, and they moved it because of a, a lack of a number of officials. That's the uh, reasoning we were told. Didn't have enough officials to where every game could be Friday night. So St. X and Southern will play Thursday, six, 7 o'clock, 6.45 pregame. Tony Burke and myself will bring you that on WFIA-FM 94.7. Please make a note. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. What happened to the Cats on Saturday? And what happened for the Cards on Saturday? We'll break that down after the timeout. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Carnage. John Spears in studio on this Halloween Monday. What are you dressing up as tonight? I'm going to go as Grumpy Old Man. Already got my costume on. In fact, been wearing it for a few years now. Never take it off. Grumpy Old Man. Get off my lawn, you bunch of yard apes. Little kids wanting candy. Are you kidding me? Candy's for me. You know what I give out? Whoppers. You know, little chocolate Whoppers and those little wrappers you can't get open, and then you eat them, and out of three, one of them always hurts your tooth when you bite into it? That's what I give out. Here, kids, have some Whoppers that nobody else in the world wants to eat. Kit Kat? Oh, no, I'm eating the Kit Kats. M&Ms? Nope, they stay, in the, they stay at home. I've got Hershey Kisses in the freezer at all times. Frozen Hershey Kisses. The greatest. I'm not a peanut butter guy. You got a peanut allergy? I'm giving you a Reese cup. There you go. Grumpy old man. My costume for the last several years. Not just on Halloween, as I mentioned. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open. 384-1450. 502-384-1450. If you'd like to join in on this crazy conversation. Thornton's text line open as well. Get your text into the show at 502-414-1450. Sponsored by our friends at Thornton's. It's an Equinox Day, NFL football, Major League Baseball, NBA basketball, NHL hockey. All four major professional sports have games today. It doesn't happen very often. Second time in the last week it's happened, but it does not happen very often. Monday Night Football, World Series Game 3, plenty of, I think, seven NBA games on the slate, plenty of hockey games as well. All right, Tennessee moves up to number two, at least tied for second in the latest Associated Press poll with Ohio State. Georgia remains the top vote getter, but it's close. Georgia got 30 first place votes, Tennessee got 18, and Ohio State got 15. I'm still of the belief that Ohio State's the best team in the country. Defensively and offensively, when you put them together, I believe Ohio State's the best team in the country. And I'm not an Ohio State fan. Tennessee and Georgia will play in Athens on Saturday. I've told, I don't know if I've said this on the air, but I've told people this. Before the Tennessee Alabama game, I checked, Tennessee was 40 to 1 to win the national championship. So I put a little green on it. I thought, my thought process was if they can beat Alabama, then they can beat anybody. 
And they did. They beat Alabama 52-49. Obviously a game that could have gone either way. Now they got Georgia. It's a more important game because it's in your division. Winner of this game is going to win the SEC East and be in the SEC championship game probably against Alabama. So I got a little green on Tennessee at 40-1. to Believe me, I don't pull for the orange. I don't. But if they win, I'll have a little something to show for it. If they continue to win. Because keep this in mind, they're going to have to beat Georgia, probably beat Alabama again, and then you get to the playoffs where you have to win two games. If you lose to Alabama, let's say you beat Georgia and you're Tennessee. All of a sudden, top Four teams in the country are Tennessee, Ohio State, Michigan, maybe Clemson if they remain undefeated. Alabama's on the cusp. Uh, Michigan, right there. Georgia's still going to be on the cusp at 8-1 and one if they lose this weekend. So Tennessee, if they beat Georgia, in theory, they could lose that Alabama rematch and still get to the playoff. We see, we've seen it happen before, and especially with SEC schools. Ohio State, Michigan, one of them's going to beat the other one. One of them's going to beat the other one in the regular season finale. That'll knock one of them out because you don't get to go to the Big Ten championship game, therefore you're done. You're done. It's, it's not, maybe it's not fair, but that's the way it is. That's why I like the Big 12 better. They don't have divisions. It's Whoever finishes first and second, they play each other in the championship game. If the Big 10 didn't have any divisions, Ohio State and Michigan would play in the end of the regular season, and then they would play in the Big 10 championship game a week later because they're the two best teams in the Big 10. But that's not how it works in the Big 10. It's not how it works in the SEC. By the way, three SEC teams in the top ten. Number one, Georgia, tied for second with Ohio State is Tennessee, and Alabama is sixth. Do you know what other conference has three teams in the top ten? Ah, you could guess, but you would be wrong. It is the Pac-12. Number eight, Oregon. Number nine, Southern Cal. Number ten, UCLA. Three teams out of the Pac-12 in the top ten. Oregon's 7-1 and one now. They lost to Georgia in the opener, and they got throttled by Georgia in the opener. It was, I'm going to I'm gonna say it was 49-3. to three. It was something along those lines. They're 7-0 and oh since, and Bo Nix has arguably been the best quarterback in college football. No, uh, no apologies here to C.J. Stroud or... Hendon Hooker, but he's been really, really good. Southern Cal is 7-1, UCLA is 7-1. They will still play each other. Oregon beat UCLA. I'm not sure if Oregon plays Southern Cal. i got to look that up. Kentucky drops completely out of the top 25. They were 19th the last couple of weeks. Uh, they are 27th if you go by others receiving votes. Guess who got one vote this week? Louisville Cardinals. Louisville Cardinal football. 
And when you look at the numbers for Louisville, the defense, um, I'm going to own what I said early in the year. I said I didn't believe all the hype around this Louisville defense because you have the same players. You've had, you added a couple different guys, but not many. You still had Monty Montgomery. You still still had Yaya Diaby. You still had Yasser Abdul. You still had Keetro Clark. They were all the same names we saw get beat a lot last year. I was wrong. It is a much improved defense. Louisville is number one in the country in sacks per game, 4.13. They had eight against Wake Forest on Saturday. They are number two in interceptions with 14. Keetrell Clark returned a pick for a touchdown this week. Louisville turned over Wake Forest eight times. That doesn't happen very much. Now, was Wake's number 10 ranking uh, smoke and mirrors? I think not because their one loss was double overtime against Clemson. It was a legit top 10 ranking. I had a lot of people middle of the third quarter of that game looking at me and going, well, this is not a top 10 team. Yeah, so they're ranked 10th, tied for 10th, but they're not a top 10 team. And I kept saying, why not? Look at the schedule. They've beaten everybody in their path, and they lost double overtime to Clemson. That's a pretty good resume. Louisville was third in red zone defense, seventh in tackles for loss per game, 23rd in scoring defense. This is now a really good defense. And a lot of people, myself included, said before the game, this defense is a lot better since Scott Satterfield said out loud he was going to put his mitts on the defense. He was going to get more involved with the defense. But, and I said that as well. And it was true against Virginia and then against Pittsburgh and now against Wake Forest. But the truth of the matter is they were really good at Central Florida. Remember that game? Second game of the year. You're coming off the loss at Syracuse. You thought it was a terrible loss at the time. Turns out Syracuse, not that bad. They did get crushed by Notre Dame this week. But it turns out they're not that bad. Syracuse still only two losses on the year to to, uh, Clemson and Notre Dame. You only gave up 14 points at Central Florida. That's pre-Scott Satterfield's going to help take over the defense. 14 points to a UCF team that just beat Cincinnati at home. Um, legitimate contender to win their conference. And, a, and they're back in the top 25 this week, by the way, at number 25. Louisville now has two wins over teams in the currently in the top 25. And you only gave up three points to South Florida. Now, I know it's South Florida. I get it. South Florida is not very good. But South Florida has scored 27 against Houston, 31 against a ranked Tulane team, 24 against Cincinnati, uh, 28 against Florida, 21 against BYU. They scored three against Louisville. The least amount of points South Florida has scored all year long, other than the Louisville game, is 21. They scored three against the Cards. So 
yes, the defense has been outstanding the last three weeks. 17 against Virginia, 10 against Pittsburgh, and 21, seven of which were late and didn't matter against Wake Forest. Eight turnovers last week, or this past week, I should say. Louisville rushed for 211 yards. The defense held Wake Forest to 91 yards on the ground. And remember this, Wake Forest was leading at halftime 14-13. to And Scott Satterfield was going nuts with the officials. He, ha- he was fed up with the officials. He was fed up with clock management by the officials. He was fed up by reviews uh, from the replay booth. He was fed up with non-defensive pass interference calls that weren't called against Wake. He was upset with pass interference calls that were called against his team. He was mad about everything that happened in that first half. And Louisville trailed 14-13. to But they came out and scored 35 points in the third quarter. And now Jeff Brom's – I didn't hear Jeff Brom's name one time Saturday afternoon. Not one time. Cards are five and three. They play James Madison next week at home to clinch a bowl game. Nobody saw that coming. Maybe Ed Peak saw it coming. He had them nine and three. I don't think they're going to be nine and three. You still got to go to Clemson. You still got to go to Kentucky. All of a sudden, Louisville fans thinking in the back of their minds, hey, you beat Kentucky. We saw Kentucky the other day. Our defense. Maybe not quite as good as Tennessee, but it's pretty good. All right. Let's don't get ahead of ourselves, right? You're five and three. You got James Madison at home. You got to go to Clemson. By the way, that is a 3.30 start on ESPN in two Saturdays. I love it. Malik was okay. Wasn't great. Got hurt again early. Hurt his knee. They put a wrap on it. It seems like every game he goes down and you wonder if he's going to come back, and every game he comes back. He was 15 of 23 passing for 164. He ran for 38 yards and two touchdowns. Tyon Evans, good to have him back, 100 yards rushing, 106 to be exact, and a touchdown. I think it was a 50-plus yard touchdown run in the third quarter. I mean, look, very rarely, if ever, is a team going to turn the ball over eight times for you? Rarely are you going to score two defensive touchdowns. But when it happens, you have to celebrate it. You have to celebrate that Scott Satterfield is doing what he was brought here to do all of a sudden. That's his first win over a top 10 team since he's been at Louisville. Eight turnovers plus eight sacks. That is Christmas. That's Christmas, right? That's the present you open you didn't expect, and you go, wow, look at that. I knew I was getting that, and I knew I was getting that. I sure didn't know I was getting that. James Madison can't fall asleep. They're 5-2. and two. They have lost two in a row. They're coming off a of bye week. They're coming into Cardinal Stadium to sabotage the happiness. That's the goal next week if you're James, if you're James Madison. Sabotage the happiness. Disappointment. I was disappointed in the crowd again. It was a loud crowd. It was a good crowd. It wasn't a numerically good crowd. 
It, there were fewer people in the stands than there were for the Pitt game. And you beat Pitt. And Wake Forest is top ten. I don't understand it. It was a beautiful day, middle of the afternoon. Not a lot going on here. Wasn't Breeders' Cup weekend. This is Breeders' Cup weekend. I didn't understand it. Fewer people showed up. And the coach got on his press conference and implored the people, please, get out. You got tickets. Get to the game. We need you. Well, turns out they didn't need them. 7.30 on ESPNU Saturday night. All right, we'll talk about Kentucky after the break. It started ugly. It got uglier. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Act. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in the studio. Final segment. M&M Cartage Hotline still open, 384-1450, 502-384-1450. If you'd like to add something to the conversation, Thornton's text line is open as well, 502-414-1450. Texter says, John, are you worried about your bet with Ed? Well, not really. Um, Ed said the cards would go 9-3. and three. That is still on the table. I said they would go 5-7. and seven. That's still on the table, although I don't feel good about it. Um, but nine and three, they would certainly, they would have to win at Clemson. They would have to win at Kentucky. They would have to beat NC state at home. Louisville's played great at home, by the way. The only loss was against Florida state close game. Maybe should have won that one. And James Madison. Look, I think cards are going to, uh, probably win handily against the Dukes here, but, um, you never know. Louisville's a seven and a half point favorite, by the way. Seven and a hook. Texture says, what are your first thoughts about Tennessee getting nine from Georgia? Uh, feels like a lot, but as I say on this program all the time, the powers that be, they don't build those buildings in Las Vegas because they lose. They know what they're doing out there. Nine seems like a lot. Georgia hasn't played quite the schedule that Tennessee has played. Uh, my first impression is feels like a lot. By Friday, that that impression could completely change. But it feels like a lot right now. I did check during the break. Oregon and Southern Cal do not play in the regular season. The good news, though, the Pac-12 is just like the Big 12. Top two finishers play in the uh, Pac-12 championship game. If the season ended today, that would be Oregon and USC. And if USC beats UCLA... At the end of the season, that's probably what it's going to be. Oregon and USC in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, Indiana, by the way, hosts Penn State this weekend. Penn State is a 14-point favorite. That game, 3.30 on ABC. Tennessee, Georgia is 3.30 on CBS. Kentucky is a two-point favorite at Missouri this weekend. That's a noon start on uh, the SEC Network. It was a bloodletting in Knoxville this weekend. No other way to say it. Oh, by the way, the other reason I'm not worried about the Ed bet, if I win, I get Jeff Ruby's. If he wins, he gets White Castle. So it's not that big a deal. 
Um, a bloodletting in Knoxville this weekend. It was seven to six, and when Kentucky extra point got blocked, I looked and said, "I looked around and said, eh, that's that's it. That does not bode well." I told people before the game, Tennessee's going to put up a fifty spot here. They're going to put up a fifty spot. Can Kentucky stay with them offensively? Put up a forty spot, forty-five. Be in the game in the third quarter. They were not. They could not. The offense was awful. Tennessee came in as the 130th ranked pass defense in the country against a quarterback that a lot of people project as a first-round pick, Will Levis. Levis was 16 of 27 for 98 yards and three interceptions. Part of it play calling. Part of it is as, as good as Chris Rodriguez was, they could not get the running game going. They couldn't. And when when your quarterback throws three picks and their quarterback throws three touchdowns, the the game's not going to end well. It's not going to end well. And somebody tell me who was guarding Jalen Hyatt on his touchdowns. This dude had five touchdown catches against Alabama. Alabama. The first touchdown of the game – J.J. Weaver was on him and had no safety help. What are, what are you doing? What are you doing? Now, the safety made a bad play. The safety, as was pointed out by the uh, by uh, Kirk Herbstreet, the safety decided to jump on the slant route and not stay deep. And J.J. Weaver turned around and pretty much said, where's my help? Jalen Hyatt was unbelievably open, and he was unbelievably open on his second touchdown catch as well. Horrible defense. And Brad White's been good. This is a Kentucky team that it was touted all week, 24. They don't give up more than 24 points. They haven't done it in over a year. Well, that went out the window quite quickly. Tennessee, <laughs> 24. Tennessee put up a 27 spot in the first half. It was 37 to 6 after three quarters. And at that point, I was just getting ready for Saturday Night Live with Jack Harlow. <laughs> because, as I said, it was a bloodletting. It was men against boys. It was men against boys. And if you're Kentucky, are you worried now? Because you got to go to Missouri. Missouri just went to South Carolina and won. Same South Carolina team that beat Kentucky. Missouri's at home. They don't give up many points either. Expect a 17-14 to 14 game here either way. Now, Kentucky's going to go to a bowl game. Why? Because they still have Vanderbilt on the schedule. They still have Vanderbilt on the schedule. That's win number six. But as you look at the schedule... You're not going to be Georgia. Louisville on Saturday after Thanksgiving. Thank goodness it's a home game. And you certainly don't want it to be to get to a bowl game, right? But all of a sudden, we're talking about these two teams, Kentucky and Louisville, in different ways than we were talking about them just two weeks ago, maybe a week ago. 
422 yards to 205 in that Kentucky-Tennessee game. Hendon Hooker, Heisman candidate, question mark? I think you can remove the question mark. He's a candidate. If they go unbeaten in the regular season, he's a candidate. 19 of 25, again, didn't have to throw it a lot. 245 yards, three touchdowns. He did have to throw it a lot against Alabama, and he was really good at it. It was a showcase game. This was a showcase game for Will Levis, and it didn't go well. So up next, you got to look, you got to be recovered quickly here. That's a noon game Saturday on the road at Missouri. You got to recover quickly. You can't have a hangover here because you have a hangover. All of a sudden, uh, you're, you're five and four, right? And you're looking at Vanderbilt saying, uh-oh, well, now, you know what? We better take care of business against Vanderbilt or we may not go to a bowl game. Luckily, you got Vandy at home. Georgia at home, don't think it matters where you play Georgia. Now, that Georgia game could be different. Maybe Tennessee wallops Georgia. Maybe Georgia's licking their wounds uh, three weeks down the line here. And you get them at home. They're basically out of the race to go to the SEC championship game, and you sabotage Georgia. Maybe. Maybe. <sighs> Things sure have changed here on Walton's Mountain. Louisville fans are wanting to talk about football, and Kentucky fans are not. Kentucky fans are wanting to talk about basketball, and Louisville fans are not. Lenore Ryan, 57, Louisville, 47. Yesterday, exhibition game. Didn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. Everick Sullivan, former Cardinal, coaching the Griffins. Yeah, I looked it up. No, no, that's not the Griffins. The Griffins are Missouri Western State. I don't know what Lenore Ryan's nickname is. But Everick Sullivan, and maybe Jeff Brom's coming to Louisville to take over the basketball job. There we go. Let's get that rumor started. And I liked what Kenny Payne said after the game. Look, I'm not playing. Danny Manning's not playing. Nolan Smith's not playing. We got guys in there that they need a culture change. They're still hungover from last year, basically. Something happened to this program, and they're not over it yet. And I know that fans were kind of uh, non-understanding when Kenny Payne was smiling after the game and hugging Everett Sullivan, shaking hands, had a big smile on his face. That's a nervous smile. That's a, boy, I'm not happy with this team, but I got to keep things upbeat here, so I'm going to smile. Smile. First exhibition loss for Louisville since the Denny Crum era. In fact, Denny's last season at the helm. Here's what I would tell Cardinal fan. Tell the NCAA, the IARP, bring it on. Bring it on. If you're going to hammer us, do it now. Make us ineligible for postseason play this year. Because from what we saw yesterday, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. Zero fast break points for the cards yesterday. Now, Lenore Ryan had zero fast break points as well, but they did not want a fast break. Louisville did. L. Ellis, Mike James, Sidney Curry, Roosevelt Wheeler, 
the transfer from Tennessee. I would say in that game yesterday, nobody played well. I would tell the IARP, if you're going to punish us, go ahead. Do it now. And Kenny Payne's right. Kenny Payne's right. He's He has worked these guys to death, but not enough, I guess. Because he said it, these guys are not ready to win. They're not ready to win. And we got to change their attitude. We got to change what they do on the court, what they bring to the court. Effort should not ever should never be a problem. Effort should never be a problem. The people I talked to yesterday, effort was a problem. I saw this quote yesterday after the Seahawks beat the Giants. Tyler Lockett, who scored a touchdown for the Seattle. Seahawks lead the AFC, the NFC West, by the way. They're uh, five and uh, six and five and three. They lead the division, division with the Niners and the Rams in it. Tyler Lockett said, it's nice to play in a game where we don't care who gets the credit for the victory. It was a veiled shot at Russell Wilson, who got traded to Denver in the offseason. It was, wasn't very veiled. It was just a shot. Basically saying, we didn't have fun last year. We haven't had fun for several years because the quarterback's ego had to be stroked. When we won, it was because of him. And when we lost, we weren't doing the things right to help him win. I thought of that. I thought of Louisville basketball yesterday when I heard that quote. You can't care who scores all the points. You can't care who gets all the accolades. If you are a basketball team, it doesn't matter if I score 20, if we lose, that has to be the attitude. Because if the attitude is it doesn't matter that we lost because I scored 20, you're going to lose a whole lot of games. And there is a talent gap. You're going to see a talent gap in the ACC this year between Louisville and most of the teams they play. And there are going to be maybe some ugly games. Carolina, Duke, Virginia. Even Clemson, Syracuse, you can go on and on here. Wake Forest. I think the cards in the preseason poll were picked 12th out of 14 teams in the ACC. Out of 15 teams, excuse me. At Notre Dame. I think they were picked 12th. Maybe that's too high. Because you lose to a Division II team yesterday and you score 47 points. Uh, Kenny Payne said he's going to be watching the fans. He's going to be keeping keeping notes here. I, my suggestion would be don't abandon this team. This is the beginning of a rebuild. Everybody has to go through it at some point. By the way, Kentucky was not impressive yesterday. 56-38 over Missouri Western State, coached by former Kentucky manager Will Martin. Terry Stevenson's on the staff. John Hood's on the staff. Sheboy didn't play. Wheeler got hurt. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. C.J. Frederick can shoot. That's a good thing. I'll take the Browns plus three tonight. 
Beers on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage, the Big X. <laughs>